CBC Universe, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, and as always, I've got my gracious co-host, Chris, the creator, Gossides! What's up, man? How you doing, Freddy? I'm doing all right. Still uncontested. Uh, uncontested. You, are, you still are the uncontested Chris Gossides, and <laughs> um, we're here for another fantastic episode of Combo Characters. I want to give a shout out to all of our wonderful listeners out there you guys have been reaching out giving us a little bit of love and rub on the internet it's much ooh. appreciated ooh it's been paying off great dividends let me tell you why because this week the podcast is sponsored by squarespace <laughs> oh shit that's right y'all it's the last week of september that means it's square timber for the next four days you can enjoy 14 free web domains just by using our promo code ass claim 14 sites all for yourself domains like sipping a 40 in the basement.com devil in a hammock.net Infowars.tv and up to 11 more. The possibilities are numbered. So, this square temper, tell GoDaddy to go fuck himself. It's hip to be square. Squarespace.com. Oh, man. Can't wait to see how that works out. Right? I, I mean, they're, uh, they're, uh, you know, their download numbers are going to skyrocket, clearly. <laughs> Here's we're, looking out, we're looking out for our listeners. That's what I want to promote. We got y'all. Let us know what happens when you put the word ass into their promo code box. Please. Please. <laughs> Let this square timber be the month that you get everything squared away. Yes, sir. Look at that free ad buy. There you go. Oh, man. Uh, Loot Crate, you're up next. Um, <laughs> Len, okay. Wow. <laughs> My undies. My undies. Sotpa <laughs> mattress. Let's get... <laughs> Where's uh, Blue Apron at? Let's, oh, uh... shit. That's a big leagues. All right. Somber news. Uh, it's been a while. Oh, God, every time I say that, every time I say it's been a while. It's been a while. I, I think of that damn song. I mean, Stain, man. it ruined a fr- it like literally ruined a, a, a sentence, a phrase in the English they, language. The only thing they stained was that phrase. <laughs> yeah. true, true to name, true to form. Unfortunately, Len Wynn died. Uh, there, there's, there's no real easy way to talk about that. Uh, I, you know, just for those, maybe not in the know, Len Wynn, co-creator of Wolverine, you might have heard of him, yeah. and and Swamp Thing, huge fan of Swamp Thing. I think you and I have talked about this before. Uh, for those people out there that are that are really big comic book fans, like comic book reader fans. And you want to try to get your friends who maybe like Kingsman, uh, the first one, because we're going to talk about the second one in a bit. Oh. But like, uh, spoiler alert. Um, but like Kingsman or like Avengers or, you know, maybe Wonder Woman. And, and they have you have friends that are more mainstream, not really into the comic book reading, you know, atmosphere. And you're trying to find stuff for people to read. 
Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing is top notch. It is legitimately very, very well written, packed, tight narrative. There's layers upon layers of themes. It's like a Christopher Nolan film. Uh, but Len Wynn had a hand in creating Swamp Thing, and and, and if not beyond those two. Uh, there's a litany list of other things he's contributed over his illustrious career. Unfortunately, he passed away at the age of 69, so just wanted to give a quick condolences to his family and, of course, his legions of fans all around the world, uh, Mr. Len Wynn. Uh, Chris, um, now, <clears throat> something that people always point to, especially mm-hmm. about Wolverine, is that in his first appearance in Incredible Hulk, he actually has, like, whiskers drawn on his face. Right. Um, Like a literal Wolverine. So my question to you is, if you could take any comic book character, hero or villain, Mm. that that has a moniker of some sort, and you could ascribe a physical trait to them that is based off of their name, who would it be and what would it be? Oh, man. Ant-Man, for sure. And what would you Oh, my God. An unsightly thorax. Oh, yeah. Just oh my god, it's uh, so unsettling. <laughs> In a human a human sack, just covering the thorax of a you know a mighty ant, like a fire ant. Th- oh my god. I mean, it's oh. a, we're almost in the Halloween season now, so that's <laughs> it's grotesque. I, well, I'm stunned. I, I've stunned myself. Uh, yeah, you've, you're taking ten points of hit damage there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> need to get the need to get the dude to produce the human centipede on this one. Uh, wow yeah ring them out man go at them go at them on twitter chris like jeez i was not <laughs> expecting that and now i'm sad i even brought it up um, <laughs> you want to peer behind the veil man uh, i mean the void stares right back at you okay speaking of voids uh <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about kingsman golden circle yeah uh, so as as the, <laughs> uh as as uh, listeners of the podcast know we do a full spoiler review. We don't try to to beat around the bush. It's uh, only been four days, but if you haven't seen it, <laughs> we might we might save you some money though. You know, yeah. like depending, yeah. yeah, you know, doing doing the service here. So normally we do this thing where we recap, and but honestly, flashback. There's so much. Yeah, flashback. Right, flashback versus Kingsman Circle. I feel like there's. So many, uh, uh, and this is, I mean, there's just there's so much going on. It's kind of distorted. <laughs> I'm going to take a quick run at this and see if I can yeah, keep man. it under like. Let's see if you can do this. So <laughs> we I'm need gonna... a quick rundown, Freddie, of, yeah. Yeah. of the core events that encompass oh, the plot oh, of oh. Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Here we, so here we go. If, if you don't want to know about Kingsman Circle at all, just skip ahead about four or five minutes. I'm going to go as fast as I can. Uh, Eggsy's back. He's still a Kingsman. He's he's got a girlfriend. It's the it's Ooh. the princess from the first movie at the very end. That was Elon Woods. That wasn't just a gag bit like that. That's a that, they made that a real thing. Um, but he's trying to balance the life of being a super spy and like a regular dude and like you know a good boyfriend and whatnot. Actually, kind of core to the story in some aspects. Uh, hmm. He runs afoul. I'm not even going to try to go beat by beat, but just uh, he runs afoul of some some uh, one of the original Kingsman applicants. Turns out this dude's still alive. Didn't die in the first one, and he's out to get Eggsy. We're not really sure why. Whatever. It's breakfast. It's yeah. Um, we, it turns out. Uh, let's see what else happens. Um, 
a mysterious. Oh, we we get. I don't even know if this is in, in that much order, to be honest. But like, we get introduced to the main villain of the movie. It's Poppy. It's played by Julianne Moore. She's a billionaire drug dealer, and she lives in this weird, like Twin Peaks, like fifties Americana style, like resort that's in the middle of. Where is it? Cambodia? Cambodia. But it's got like this real apocalypse now kind of feel to it. Uh, Real weird. It's it's more like apocalypse. Remember when? There you go. Remember? Yeah. Remember? Oh, I I remember. I remember Pee Wee Herman, you know, or whatever. Uh, That chair's got a mouth. (laughs) Sure it does. Until you slap it a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. I mean, I, I'm not going to apologize for that. That's an amorphic chair. Anamorphic, anamorphic chair. That's not a we real word. We got there. We got there. Okay. Um, anyway, her big bugaboo is that she's like a super, she's the wealthiest drug dealer in the world, but no one knows who she is. Take me seriously. And for some reason, that matters to her. Uh, we get introduced to Elton John in a weird cameo that probably lasts longer than it should. Um, all of the Kingsmen, uh, their, their big base, all of their, their, their sub bases around the world all get blown up by missiles, rocket missiles, hidden missiles. missiles, Yeah. And, um, and the only ones left, oh, even we we see Roxy for a second. So the, the girl from the first Kingsman movie, uh, she's gone. She's out like in 10 minutes, uh, Dumbledore kind of sad to see. Uh, what? <laughs> Dumbledore, Michael Gambon. Oh yeah, Dumbledore is there. He gets taken out real quick. Um, yeah, so all the Kingsmen are dead except for Mark Strong, Merlin, and Eggsy. Uh, they they get real drunk. That's actually a pretty good scene. They get drunk. Uh, they just they they stumble upon this thing where it's like this like the hidden uh backup plan of like shit goes down with Kingsman. It turns out it's Statesman. It's the American counterpart Yeehaw. to the Kingsman. And it's in Kentucky? Kentucky. Sure, sure, in Kentucky. And it's this big distillery, and that's like their hidden base. They get there. They run afoul of Channing Tatum in easily the, his largest scene in the film. Um, uh, One he, of three. He browbeats them and uh, locks, like, chains them up or, like, whatever, hostages them up. And... And then, then he's he shows them Harry who's shaving and is somehow still alive, and Halle Berry is there, and she's like, "Thank God I'm not in Catwoman," and or is she? And then, uh, golly, um, oh, so Poppy's big thing is that she's gonna hold everyone hostage because she has these anyone who takes her drugs. She put this secret ingredient in them that will kill them. Sounds like a smart business plan. She contacts the president, who's a total <laughs> dick in this movie. So, I mean, the most realistic thing in the film. And uh, she says, hey, if you don't if you don't um, make all drugs legal, I'm going to I'm going to kill all these people, millions and millions of people. And he's like, "Nah, go ahead and do it. Well, he actually, he tells her that he's going to meet her demands. But behind closed doors, he's like, "Nah, let him let him die. Um and then, uh, what else happens? Uh, oh, Shannon Tatum character, Whiskey, uh, is, has smoked a little tobacco, wacky tobacco. And so he's, he's literally put on ice. Uh, we meet, we meet, no, 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 his name's Tequila. Sorry. We meet Whiskey, 
Played by uh, Oberyn Martell. His name is not Oberyn Martell. It is to me, damn it. It is. Is it pa- Pablo Pedro? I'm going to get so much trouble for this. Pedro Pascal. Uh, from Game of Thrones, he played Oberyn Martell. Uh, in a very odd sort of. I'm not sure what they're Mustache. doing with this character here. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons. Uh, he's on the statesman side. He basically takes Chain to his place. Uh, they try to track down Poppy, take her down. Uh, we see more Elton John for some reason. Uh, the ski lift. Ski, yeah, they go to the ski lift to get the antidote. They get the antidote, but then it gets destroyed on accident. Uh, maybe not. Maybe Harry is... Oh, they, they explain how Harry came back to life. We'll talk about that more in just a minute when we do the actual like review. Uh, Harry is suspicious of Whiskey. Uh, he ends up shooting him in the head. Uh, but that doesn't kill him because this movie's weird. And Eggsy and Harry and Merlin all go to Cambodia to stop Poppy and get the antidote. And then Merlin dies sort of nonsensically and unnecessarily so, I feel. John Denver. Uh, John Denver. He sings John Denver, which is weird. I feel like he should have sang a, a Nelton John song. I mean, if you go all Rocket the way. Go, yeah, Rocket Band, right? That would have been perfect. <laughs> would have been perfect. Um, you know, anyway, they stop Poppy in, like, the most, like, no one gives a shit way possible. They, they literally... <laughs> Stick her with heroin and overdose kill her. <laughs> uh, they managed to get the antidote, uh, but not before whiskey. Not before whiskey shows up and turns out, yeah, he was a bad guy this whole time because one, he wanted money, and two, his girlfriend was killed by crackheads. Uh, they dispose of him in a very sort of hilarious way, um, and then they make their way back, and that's pretty much it. There's a lot of other stuff that happens. Again, I was just trying to briefly go through it. I still feel like I took too long. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about the movie. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot. <laughs> uh, there's it a lot. took you a long time because there was a lot to cover. This movie is stretched thin. Um, yeah, where do you want to start, man? man I, okay, so let's, let's start off with the opening sequence because that might be my favorite part of the film. Yeah. Um, it, it starts with Eggsy... Um, He's in a car. He's being chased. It's a really cool chase sequence. Um, a little bit of it is shown in the trailer, and it, it's when it's when the dude from the first Kingsman movie, uh, Charlie is the character's name, played by Edward Holcroft, uh, is not dead. Again, he didn't die. Even though he had one of those implants, uh, he's alive um, because uh, Eggsy knocked him out with that electric thing. In the first movie, and so he's now, but he's like mostly robot now. He's got like a robot arm, and it's more machine than man. Right. It's it's a cool sequence. They're fighting in a car. Um, the CGI is like really consistent in this movie, also. Um, just kind of throughout, but it is a really cool sequence. Uh, Matthew Vaughn does some pretty interesting things, I think, in terms of like how he frames that that whole sequence uh, that happens in the car. Um. And immediately, it immediately flips back from that to Eggsy getting back to his girlfriend. Um, yeah, and 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 I think, I think that in a nutshell is sort of the problem with this movie. The you know you and I talked off air, and, and I'll let, definitely let you kind of you know go more into detail about this. But the first film had a very sort of tight, structured narrative to it. Mm-hmm. It was an origin story. This movie, to me, feels like 
it's almost like two or three different movies that they just kind of jammed together and they had it, it's almost like a like a hostile takeover between a, like two companies where you have overlap of some of the oh, positions yeah. but like they didn't bother to sort it out they're just like well i guess we have two managers now like <laughs> we have seven vice presidents and, all right and not only that actually just thinking about it now they literally draw attention to it multiple times because once harry comes back oh right there's, there's two, two there's two, two galahads. galahads there's literally two galahads like if there isn't a more obvious <laughs> like get your shit together put it in a bag take it to the shit store moment <laughs> there it is like that shows you how bloated this film is yeah um okay so so yeah uh what, what do you where do you think this movie goes wrong or like let's start there and then circle back to tell me a sure. scene that you thought they did well yeah yeah, yeah. uh well it's a sequel. It's kind of hard to do sequels, especially when the first movie was so unexpected. One and, and successful, uh, right. successful too. Uh, when it wasn't supposed to be, nobody really saw it coming. Um, and then it, it it was so it was kind of like on easy mode narratively because it like you said it's, it's an origin story. It's kind of hard to screw that up. We've had so many cracks of that apple or bites of that apple, um, cracks of the bat. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a, there's some sort of apple bat being made that we're both cracking and eating. Right. Um, Batman and, out of Apple Corps. <laughs> it's also, it's also an you, academy story. Right. There's a lot of training stuff going on, and that's, right. you know, that's really easy to get like uh, character development through. You, you get a lot of glimpses of a lot of different people, and they're, they're all interesting. And this one, we have established characters. We have things that happen because of reasons. Uh, <laughs> it really feels like they needed a second or third pass of the script. There's, there's way too much going on. Um, let me see. Parts I did like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the act. I mean, not for nothing. Matthew Vaughn does like emphasize the action sequences, and and those are all kind of like really well done. Uh, they had to live up to this first um, first movie's kind of like really stellar action sequences as well. So, I mean, there's up there. It, uh, I thought it was really entertaining in, in that sense. Um, yeah, he can definitely frame a frame a fight. They're choreographed really well. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree that the action sequences are. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's a shotgun approach to storytelling. It's, uh, for me, the, I think the biggest thing that, um, as soon as I, I think you and I were talking about it again, you know, the further away you get from the theater, the more realizations you have. It's like they needed to focus on one central antagonist. They have like two, maybe at three. least two, right? Yeah. Maybe three. You've got Poppy. You've got the Poppy, president. The president. And whiskey. Yeah. None of them are working in concert. Nope. They're all kind of <laughs> They've all got their own separate storyline and agenda yeah. and just, ugh. Like, for, a, for a spy movie, it really didn't handle itself well like uh, with the intrigue. Yeah, you're right. I think, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up, you know, like how we're not even sure who's, me who's meant to really be the central antagonist here. Um. Because I think that really shows that, pardon me, this is where they really dropped the ball, is with Pedro Pascal. Like, Oh, yeah. Okay, so we talked about this. I mean, off air, we can talk about it now. But, uh, yeah. His character, Oberyn Martell, in Game of Thrones, is beloved. Like, it's a lot of people's favorite character in that show, even though he's only on it. Spoiler alert for Game of Thrones, I guess. For one <laughs> season... People love that character. It's a really well-written character. It's very nuanced, dynamic. Uh, he he so acts well acted. the hell. Of, he acts the shit out of that role. All they needed to do 
was <laughs> take that same character, throw him in this movie, but just put him in different clothing. Like they, yeah. So I almost, and I haven't. I looked. I looked to see if there was this kind of issue with this movie somewhere along the line. I almost wonder if they originally had him planned in the movie as whiskey. But then somewhere along the line, Channing Tatum became available. Oh. Uh, and huh. so then they're like, oh, crap, Channing Tatum. Well, if we can get him, we we should take him. And then they just kind of shoehorned him in here. But then they turned out like maybe he wasn't that available because he's not in it a whole lot. Right. Uh, you know, honestly, I feel like Elton John's screen time is at least equal to, of the, if not surpasses, Channing Tatum's screen time in this movie. Oh, definitely. Which is insane. Elton John gets an action sequence. Uh, he, and Elton John gets an action sequence, which I don't actually mind. Like I think it's like real kind of tongue in cheek, but it's it's kind of funny the way they do it. Yeah, um, they don't even explain it, which is fine. Um, <laughs> but but that's what I and that's again where this movie like really falls apart because you have these two characters in tequila and and whiskey. By the way, switch the names. Oh, for sure. Like Channing Tatum should have been whiskey. Pascal should have been tequila. I mean, come on, it's pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but like, <laughs> is that cultural appropriation? I, I, yeah, maybe they were just trying to go super ultra, like, you know, inclusive. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, a white guy can be tequila; it's fine. Um, you know, but but what I'm saying is, like, those two characters did not need to exist as separate characters. They could have been one character, right? Uh, or at the very least, they could have been foils for Eggsy and Harry, right? Which they were never, right? Channing Tatum briefly is is sort of an antagonist to Eggsy and Merlin but that's it like literally for, for yeah. a minute for a minute <laughs> I don't believe y'all oh I should believe y'all okay yeah it's um oh anyway that that's probably my biggest thing cuz I feel like this movie really did a service uh to Pascal like mm. cuz the, the guy can run it man like yeah we've seen him dominate and it's weird as much as he's in the film, like just everything he does is really flat. And I know that's a word that you use when we were discussing show notes, like this movie, yeah. despite it being very big and definitely suffers from that whole sequel sophomore thing in Hollywood where they just want to make everything way bigger in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does suffer from that. But somehow, despite all that dynamic action and all these big set pieces and things, the movie's very flat. Yeah, it, there's um, there's some themes brought up by Poppy, like you know, she's all this, you know, drugs are for everybody. Why, why, you know, why does the tobacco and alcohol industry get a buy? Whereas, you know, these other drugs, they, you know, it's rare. Oh, I guess for marijuana, I guess it's rare if it ever kills anybody. Uh, but you know, the harder ones, of course, they. You can overdose, but it, her her point is it should be regulated, it should be taxed. Uh, people should be free to choose, which is a libertarian standpoint. Uh, that's I mean, there's a theme there. Uh, there's a war war on drugs that the president's proposing, like to the uh, to like the Stalin territory of authoritarianism, and there's a theme there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> none of them are explored. No, they're like they're almost said like in passing in a way. It's really yeah. weird. It's really weird. It's these things that I felt. Like I even I even thought, um, you know, when they were talking about the president and and this idea that where he's going to let millions of people die because he's like, well, they're all they're all druggies anyway. Like I was like, oh, is this social commentary? Like, 
you know, are they sort of alluding to a current political situation that the United States might be facing? <laughs> yeah, but no, no, they don't. They uh, they really they don't delve into any of that. They, they pretty much sum it up as like the president was bad. So we impeached him. You're welcome. And they cut that scene. That's almost what she says. It is, yeah. It's really, it's really weird. Also, you know, I'm just thinking about this now. But is, do you think it's any coincidence that the the assistant or the, what, I don't even know what position she is. Is she supposed to be like uh, Secretary of State, something like that, or like some sort of advisor? And some advisor, right, to the president. She she has a, I mean, slight resemblance to like Hillary Clinton. She's blonde. Sense. She's a blonde white woman, white politician lady. What about her emails? What about them? All I know is I saw a server at one point, and then we didn't see it. Maybe it's on the the Blu-ray, the deleted oh. scene. You know. Oh. Thanks, Obama. Um, okay. Oh. Uh, I mean, the thing is, in, in no way, shape, or form, to me, does this film live up to the first one. Yeah, no. Uh, I feel bad for Taron Egerton, uh, who plays Eggsy, because he doesn't do a bad job. They just don't, they don't give him anything interesting to do. Right. Uh, there's this really weird, like explicitly sexual scene in the film. Oh yeah. Uh, that is meant to like again counterbalance back to his relationship with um, Princess uh, Tildy, and. It just, it literally is cringeworthy. Like, people in the theater, when I saw it, I saw it, <laughs> I saw it with my mom and one of my friends, Ooh. Ooh. and that scene was Ooh. unpleasant to watch with, <laughs> with, one of, like, with a parent. Like, I, I wish that hadn't happened. Yeah. Um, it it kind of stands out for, like, almost being, a, um, I think it's, no, no, it is in bad taste. I mean, it stands out because of it. I, maybe I get it, and I and I mean, I mean I'm not I'm not defending it by any means, but I sort of understand like if maybe they're just trying to be like, look, this movie's not going to pull back. We're gonna <laughs> we haven't had a laugh in five minutes. We're gonna go like we're gonna go a little raunchy here. Like we're gonna go because that's what this it's rated R. Like it's it's a hyper realistic world or whatever hyper hyper stylized. Um, yeah, man, and then. <laughs> You know, yeah. Again, going back to Channing Tatum, who's in the mm. movie for like a grand total of six minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes. Like what? It has to nah. be under ten. Does he make double digits? I don't even know. It, it's crazy. It, it might be, maybe barely. Considering how much he's featured in the marketing and advertising, I this is yeah. this is probably worse than the Joker Suicide Squad situation. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's almost exhausting to just go on and on about all the things that are kind of wrong with the film. Uh, okay, I guess one last thing that I'll touch on, and we can move on, or if you want to bring up anything that's touch totally it. cool, but like, <laughs> is that uh, the way they bring back Harry? Okay, oh yeah, which is which well, is. I mean, uh, the, when you asked me before the show about what I thought about it, what I thought my, my initial thoughts were about Kingsman the Golden Circle I said it's like if we did Men in Black 2 nowadays and this is I think what you kind of getting at yeah definitely uh well, I mean what it's really problematic for two primary reasons practically in the sense in the way that they did it but also in what it represents by bringing him back at all at least mm. in terms of what his character is because by bringing him back, the whole point of the first movie 
was that Eggsy was this troubled youth who had a lot of potential and eventually reaches the potential with the help of Harry and then avenges Harry's death and shows that he's a truly grown up like adult man who is who is learned how to be a respectable human being. If you bring Harry back, it sort of reverts like it it it, it halts all of Eggsy's growth. Like I all of the the growth that he made after yeah. Harry's death is kind of gone. It's kind of wiped away in a way to me. Yeah. Um. So that that on an, like an emotional character level is problematic. But then just in practicality, the way they bring him back, the way they explain it in this movie, oh. is that the statesmen yeah. who exist in America apparently literally arrive at the church moments after his brain <laughs> his brains are blown out. As soon as the camera cuts away. As soon as the camera cuts away. Helicopter comes in, and they throw some goo into his skull, and it somehow keeps him from dying, and they rebuild his brain with nanites. Okay. <laughs> so, I think maybe the biggest problem with that is, if that is the case, then where the fuck were the statesmen during all of the calamity of the first movie? Yeah. Like, why weren't they stopping Samuel L. Jackson? Why weren't they helping? Where the hell were they? Like, that that to me is a huge problem. And I get it. I get that you're just supposed to enjoy the movie and just not think about it too hard. And, and yeah, and this film is that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you frame the story so that the statesmen magically appear yeah. just moments after, after Samuel L. Jackson's character walks off screen. <laughs> you mean to tell me that after they witness this shit, they're not going to do something about it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is kind of where we were, like, uh, maybe, I don't know, before all the MCU started, right? This is, this is classic comic book shit. <laughs> this is retconning. This is like, oh, no, but they're, but they're not dead. Right. Because reasons. It, it, it kind of feels like a step back. They're uh, on that note. Just and we didn't put this in the show notes. They're oh shit! You know what? Spoilers. Uh oh. Oh, I was so nervous. Should say this now. Yeah. Go for uh, it. Okay. So in tomorrow, tomorrow's Wednesday. There's a one shot. You have spoilers from... for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes, dude. <laughs> yes. Super spoilers. <laughs> Comic book characters exclusive. <laughs> I'm not even joking. This is real, real life. Buy water now. <laughs> You're oh, welcome. No. You're gonna need blankets. You're gonna iodine. need water. You need you need iodine. You need salt. You need salt. <laughs> uh, no, there's there's a Marvel Legacy one shot coming out tomorrow. I wonder if we're gonna lose listeners now because I'm about to say something that might Uh-oh. upset them. Hot takes. They're back. There's, there's a Marvel Legacy one shot coming out tomorrow in which it's revealed that the original Wolverine is coming back. Oh, <laughs> he's been dead for three years in the comic books. They brought it. They got an X-23. They have old man Logan. Yeah, yeah. So now there's going to be three Wolverines in the Marvel <sighs> comic book universe. This is why Marvel, by the way, is having a lot of problems on the publishing side. It's because of shit like this. Just my opinion. But like, really, guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um. Anyway, yeah, Mar- uh, Wolfie's back. I, I almost, I almost, I almost made a Len Wynn rolling in his grave joke right now. Like I, no, I didn't, I didn't do it. 
I know I kind of referenced like I did, but I didn't do it. Uh, let's get let's yeah. go let's go back to the shit show. Um, that's the golden circle, by the way, in case you're right. Um, uh, other things, the dogs wasn't a big fan of the dogs. Oh, the Cylon dogs? Yeah, no. The oh oh again, uh, Pascal uh, whiskey. Too many weapons. He had guns. He's really good at guns. He can, like throw the guns and spin them, and he's like guns. He's like he's like from the Dark Tower. <laughs> Uh, he's got a, like a really cool retractable whip and he's got a lasso that's electric, an electric lasso, which like is, a bar. is an insanely impractical weapon <laughs> for like a thousand different reasons. Um, <laughs> they tease that they're going to do a third one at the very end. You see Channing Tatum show up again, grabbing a sweet, sweet, precious 18 seconds of screen time. Rolling yeah. up, rolling up in in England, and uh, you know, in a bowler hat, and he's all dapper. That hat's too small for his giant head, by the way. <laughs> um, and honestly, I, I keep going back and forth. Do I want a third film at this point? Yeah, I. You know what? Matthew Vaughn tends to do good work. I don't feel like this was entirely his fault. I think this does show that Mark Millar is a really good writer that knows how to tell a good story because that's what they based the first movie off of was his comic book treatment. Right. And this one, they just kind of went free range and well, shit, this is what happens. <laughs> so they might need to bring him back. Uh, that would be cool if they could get him involved. Um, yeah. A little more on the, on the, on the, if they do a third one. Um, I, I'd probably still see a third film, but I'm definitely would not be as psyched as I was for that. I was actually really, really uh, anticipating this movie. So, any yeah, fi- no any final I, thoughts. I as well. I was looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, the last one kind of unexpected. It kind of Guardians of the Galaxy type feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, this is like ah, it was. It was. It was. It was a tough build to to kind of uh, to do. But I mean, there is like. The, um, there's like limited run on I think it's IDW who's putting it out right now it's the Kingsman and I think the Red Diamond so it, it features Eggsy um, so in print at least there's some other stories going on right now uh, I'm going to check that out some more oh no I just What's realized that? what they might do in the third one God. Uh-oh. oh god no what's up what's up They're gonna. he's going to have a kid uh-huh. and he's going to oh. have to like oh Little King's baby King's baby King's King's baby King. Oh, <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Somehow it's gonna be Jaden Smith. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it's gonna be like a toddler or something or a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is my opa Harry. And then, yeah, no, no, and somehow Channing Tatum's going to have to take care of him at some point. Oh, they're, they're going to be tossing around a baby while they're fighting? Yep, they're going to Mr. Mom it a bit. Oh. Uh, three men and a baby? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we need to stop right now. We're throwing these out of the there. universe. This is, this is real bad. I'm apologizing right now. Because if this happens, I'm very, very sorry. I just want points on the back end, man. We always do. We all do. All right, let's move on. Let's <laughs> let's move on from one uh, shit-tacular to another. Um, 
Hey man, <laughs> uh, did you see? Did you happen to see Inhumans at IMAX? Oh, you know that thing that they were going to charge us exorbitant amounts for? No, I did not go see that. Yeah, okay. Neither did anybody else apparently, and <laughs> that's the problem for ABC because apparently word is, and it's I, I'll admit it is a bit reading into it, but the rumor is that Inhumans, which has not yet premiered. Has been canceled. Oh no! <laughs> and the 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 thought is is that they're actually going to run out the first season, but that that's going to be the whole show. And and sort of where where people are getting this from is that they're running out a series of ad campaigns that advertise in Human Season One as the complete series. Wow! Like they're already saying that this is this is just this is all you're getting one one season story whatever. Now we've talked about this 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 show previously on this podcast. Previously we've, on Cumber Characters, we've not been kind to it. No one has been no. kind to it. It doesn't deserve it. It's a giant, it's a giant shit factory <laughs> of a television show. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even go the full first season. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If it doesn't premiere at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are they going to put in his place? Just more Modern Family? Yeah, just, just Modern Family reruns. Maybe that um, that middle, the middle. Is that a show? Yeah. No, that's that's a good show. Throw that out there. Y- you know what? Actually, uh, Inhumans would have been better serviced if it was just Modern Family wearing costumes. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe they could save it. That's a family. They're the royal family, modern family. Not that different. <laughs> they could have just called the show The Royal Family. Yeah. Just get a dog. There you go. There you go. They have what? Uh, Al Bundy. Not Al Bundy's real name. Ed, <laughs> not a big man. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill has a dog in the show Modern Family. It's a little, like a little bulldog or something. Like, there you go. It's there. <laughs> there you go, ABC, Disney. We just saved you a ton of money points give us those points man put them on the board uh yeah i'm not surprised i i'm, I'm not joking. i mean I, I know i kind of threw it out there i would not be surprised if they never this never sees the light of day yeah beyond it's... that imax uh premiere or whatever it was. <laughs> it's hard enough right i mean you black agar boltagon doesn't speak and if he does bad shit happens so yeah and that's supposed to be the main character yeah that's real hard you're putting yourself in a big hole right there <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll obviously keep tabs on this as it moves along or doesn't move along. Um, you know, but we did famously call the, the cancellation of powerless. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, not famously, but we did call it. We did, we did sort of, I, I I get the same feeling. That's all I'm saying. What's up, Alan Tudyk? (laughs) Ah, man. You know you're listening. He deserves better. He does. Yeah. But really, why did they cancel Firefly? Um, Oh no! Why? <laughs> oh my God! The old wounds. Those wounds—they never heal. They keep uh, tearing out the stitches. I'm everything. a leaf on the wind. There you go. Ah, oh, now you made me sad. All <laughs> right. Uh, golly, just a lot of bad news this week. <laughs> uh, Defenders, which we talked about. Uh, by the way, if you want to hear what our thoughts, our initial thoughts on Defenders was, uh, hit back the last episode featuring. Tim Lynn. Uh, by the way, Tim, real Ninja quick, Inc. side note, Ninja Inc. Tim has a book coming out uh, called a The word? First Hundred Days of 
Thump, I think. <laughs> I hope I'm getting it right. It's a satire <laughs> book on Donald Trump, It's but it's a rabbit. And that book is blowing up. It is, it's on Amazon. I think it's in the top 10 list pre-orders. It's sold out through, I believe it's first printing for the pre-orders. Because, because somehow the Mary Sue, the website, the, the journalist, I'm doing air quotes here, from the <laughs> Mary Sue, called out Tim on the interwebs Ooh. as a white supremacist. Oh, <laughs> Tim, who oh is guy. not white. <laughs> and he was like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> and so, yeah, this has gotten a ton of notoriety. Good for him. I mean, yeah. he, he deserves it. Uh, I mean, not like that, but like people are, <laughs> he pay- had it coming. People are paying attention to the book. It's doing really well. And just shout out to Tim. Congratulations. I'm, I'm really glad to see that. I mean, also, come on, Mary Sue. What the hell are you doing? Like, oh. just, just do some real perfunctory, perfunctory uh, t- journalism stuff. Just real basic, man. Like, you Stop know, like, using Bing. Maybe switch to Google. Switch, switch to Google. Maybe go on Facebook. Look at a <laughs> picture of the guy. It's probably going to help you out a whole lot. Uh, just wow. Uh, but yeah. Where was I going with defenders, right? So if you defenders. if you want to hear our thoughts on defenders, the last uh, just the episode previous to this one has our, our, a little good rundown of it. Um, show is pretty good. I fin- we you know we hadn't finished watching it at that point, um, but yeah, it's good. It's it's it, I it's not as good as Daredevil, you know, but that's because mm. Danny Rand's involved, and if Danny, Danny Rand's Rand. involved, then Danny Rand's gonna make shit suck. That's what Danny, Danny Rand. Rand. That's what Danny Rand does. I know Colleen Wing, but I'm Danny Rand. Oh, man, we do see somebody get their arm chopped off though. That's pretty cool. Ooh. No spoilers. Won't tell you who, but it's it's, <laughs> it's good. Um, but apparently, is it, is, is it Danny Rand? <laughs> you would it, How sweet would that be if his iron fist got his arm? Yeah, man. Off? Fucking take chances. Why the fuck not? Let's. Yeah, they should do that. They should. It, it starts absolutely. fighting by itself. Oh my god! The literal Iron Fist. <laughs> Iron Fist and Mjolnir team up. There we go. There it is. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. There it is. Oh, my heart just grew three sizes. Okay. Well, anyway, Defenders, holy hell, we were just getting off topic today. But, like, uh, <laughs> Defenders apparently is the lowest rated Marvel Netflix series to date. And they, uh, the way they comp, they, they ta- uh, tally this, I guess, is that they look at the first 30 days and how many views a particular show has had. And compared to Daredevil Season 2, Defenders, in its first 30 days, has only garnered 17% of the viewership of Daredevil Season 2. Hmm. Which wow. is disheartening. I was surprised. Uh, it's not a bad show. It does have its problems. We did talk about that. Um, budget budget seems to be an issue. Um, but it's not bad. It's not, it's not lower than Iron Fist bad. That definitely doesn't check out. So... 
I'm really surprised. Maybe maybe it just needs to pick up steam. But you know, Tim was talking about this before, mm. and I think he's right. I think people are starting to get a little fatigued. Yeah, they're, they're getting a little superhero fatigue. I think between the movies and the the TV shows, another reason why Inhumans is gonna, pardon me, why Inhumans is gonna fall flat is is fatigue. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Too much is is going on out there. It's uh, yeah. Even even with the, like the watch at your own pace world of Netflix, it, it, there's a lot. There's a lot it, to digest. Yeah, like how I mean, you still got to fit in like BoJack Horseman and like American Vandal too, like and everything. <laughs> you know, all the other stuff that comes out. But I'm just saying, like Netflix is its own worst competitor in a lot of ways because they're always bringing out shows. They're always bringing out stuff. Yeah. Um. So what yeah. do you what do you think this means? Because I. It's obvious, like, you know, instant feedback, like, that you can get digitally. That's, like, wow. We never had that in – not even Nielsen's kind of approached that, right? But right. it's a subscription. Like, we are – we're continuing to pay for it. So even if we watch it or we don't, it's it's whatever. Like, uh, does it matter, right? Do, yeah. Do, does it matter that much? The viewership number shouldn't matter. It's the subscription number that matters, right? Yeah. Like, ah, that's so weird. I would – we might have to reach out to. I doubt they'll talk to us, but we should try to reach out to somebody. <laughs> no comment from Netflix. <laughs> from Netflix to see what where where is the, where is their allegiance? Like where is where do they care? Like what what matters? Where are you working for? Yeah, where the rat? Where's Rachel? Where? <laughs> ask for Rachel. The no, whole it's time. I mean, like, what does it, it has to affect something, right? Does it affect like what gets greenlit from here on out? Does it affect right. who works on these stories? I mean, it's kind. Of, yeah, I think so, and I think. Oh, by the way, just real quick, circling back to Inhumans, yeah. the showrunner for Inhumans is the same idiot that is the showrunner for Iron Fist. No. <laughs> so there you go, if you're wondering why that is the way it is. Uh, but More like a show walker. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Um, <laughs> I, it's an interesting question you pose, and it's actually a really great segue, because what do they do next? Well, we already know what's coming out. Because mm. the trailer just dropped for this. We're going to put it in the thread on our Facebook page over at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. Okay? Mm. Neil Before Pod on Facebook. That's where our comic book characters page is. We're going to throw this trailer on there. And that is the Punisher trailer for the Netflix Punisher series. And I got to say, it looks really cool, it looks fantastic. But it, great. Al- it also draws attention to something that a lot of people I've heard on the internet talk about this, even maybe other podcasters. I feel like maybe the Weekly Planet guys have, have said this. That the, the Especially with Marvel Netflix in particular, they run into this problem where the trailers are really awesome and make the shows look so amazing that it's <laughs> almost impossible for the shows to live up to that hype. Mm. And it's like they took that idea and went supernova with it on this one because they dropped some heavy cash oh. by getting a Metallica song for the trailer. Um, you know, we were talking about Batman Metal before. So Marvel got wind of that, I guess, and they're like, <laughs> "We got you. Don't worry, Punisher trailer," and. It's a really well-made trailer. It looks, it does what it's supposed to. It makes you uh, enticed to see the show, I believe. Um, it doesn't hurt that Punisher's appearance in Daredevil Season 2 was pretty good. And 
you know, people wanted more. But do you think with the lackluster response to Defenders, do you think the Punisher ultimately will fall on its face or do you think it's it's not going to because it doesn't have Danny Rand in it? <laughs> That's a very a very key component to whether you're successful or not is your ratio of Danny your, Rand. Your proximity to Rand. Yeah. The Rand scale. That's yeah. a new thing. That's definitely a thing from now on. Yeah, man. Uh, no, I think it actually stands a chance because you got really, really good casting and John Bernthal as Punisher. Um, and like you said, it, it must have co- cost what maybe fifty thousand to edit this trailer. But like seventy-five million to license one by Metallica, uh, yeah. so <laughs> if they didn't blow out their budget just licensing one song, um, it it stands a chance. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I mean, this has always been like the anti-hero, the like the the Chuck Bronson, the Death Wish of Marvel. Right. So yeah, it's I'm all I'm all for the darkness imprisoned in me, absolute horror. Wow. I cannot live. I cannot die. <laughs> No, I mean you could die. It's real easy. We're t- <laughs> like, it's we're humans. It's not hard for us to like literally, literally like a pile of ants can kill us. So, oh like, wow, oh no, doesn't take a lot. Speaking of the thorax sack thing again, like yeah. going back to that, but like deadly. <laughs> Um, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. The trailer looks cool. We'll throw it on the thread. You guys out there, listeners, let us know what you think about the trailer. Do you think that that, that the Marvel Netflix partnership is gonna is gonna get right back on track, or is this a is it gonna continue down this sort of downward trend from Iron Fist to Defenders mm-hmm. and now Punisher? Also, and this was in show notes, and we'll actually cover this later because there isn't. I mean, maybe we talked about it a little bit, but like. Uh, Disney is going to be doing their own subscription service in, I think, two years. And at that point, they're going to pull all of the Marvel stuff off of Netflix. Uh-oh. But the thing is, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull, like, the like Daredevil and Punisher and Defenders. Yeah. Or if they're just going to, like, what is... Ugh, that's going to be so messy. We'll we'll, we'll look into that and, and make report it some back sort of, like, guys. Mickey Mouse Club? Yeah, I mean, oh God, really? Yeah, okay. I'm fine. Leave. Oh, hanging fruit, man. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. Uh, Okay, I'm going to get ready for me to mess up this name. (laughs) All right, y'all ready? Y'all? Okay, good. Y'all ready Uh, for this? No, 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 no. Taika Watiti. Hey! Close enough. Is now in talks to direct Akira. We previously talked about Akira, which is, of course, this seminal uh, manga story and anime. Um. Uh, originally, a Jordan Peele from Get Out was in talks and and or attached, uh, but now it looks like they're moving in a different direction. Uh, Watiti, of course, is the director for Thor Ragnarok, which, although we obviously haven't seen yet, is getting a lot of positive buzz. People are really liking kind of the new flavor that he's throwing towards the MCU. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on this on this possible pairing of Watiti and Akira? Uh, I dig it a lot. Uh, like like I said, Thor Ragnarok has to come out. You don't get the full breadth of his vision, but uh, it is new flavor here for sure. So uh, I think this is gonna be great. Um, this is a, Thor Ragnarok already is really really hyper stylized, and you kind of need that same lens to even attempt to put Akira to live action. Um, so I I think it's in the right. That's the right way to go. Uh, still looks to see if. Um, 
we need to see if it pans out. If it, how how willing do you think? They, I, we talked about Death Note maybe like about six podcasts ago now, but um, I don't know. I hope there's still a market for this. I hope producers aren't scared away by kind of like the lukewarm perceptions of like Ghost in the Shell yeah. and Death Note. So I I hope there's still some uh, some space for the for Akira movie. Thing is, I feel like with Akira. It's not quite like Avatar level, but I feel like you'd have to give it a hefty budget to do it right, to do it justice. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if they get scared off by the reception to, to Ghost in the Shell or even the Netflix Death Note series, mm-hmm. um, and they don't throw a lot of money in it to kind of save face and you know in case it flops, then they're going to fail. Like they're they're yeah. they're going to set themselves up to fail because this this is not the kind of movie you can half ass on like a fifty million dollar budget. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is definitely like your summer blockbuster slot. I mean, you, yeah, you, <laughs> there's no art house version of Akira. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I I, I think it's interesting that the Watiti is already being his name is being thrown about some pretty big projects though, and I think he's impressed somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good, good for him. And like I said, I I feel like Thor is going to be great, but we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see when we get there. Um, all right, real quick. Uh, they're apparently going to release a three-hour Superman, and this is when I say Superman, I mean like the actual legit boss OG, Christopher Reeves, Richard Donner directed Superman. Uh, they're going to make a three-hour Blu-ray release, which is called the um, the television version, which apparently had additional scenes and was only shown briefly for a few years when it came out on on uh, television originally oh wow so that's pretty cool i'm very really psyched about that because actually that movie is fantastic it actually holds up pretty well if you haven't seen it please see it it is infinitely better than batman vs superman and it's more interesting than superman returns and it's <laughs> better than man of steel man of steel um it's really I, I i heard that afterwards they're going to come out with like the criterion collection too and then afterwards that they're going to come out with the uh, uh, Kryptonitarian uh, collection. Yeah. Kryptonian. There we go. Kryptonian Man, I wanted to get there. I wanted to get there. I, I just, you know, you <laughs> I were reaching. I feel like I'm a ninja warrior. You were reaching. I didn't make I up just, the wall. I just, I put my hands out. And you just <laughs> used it as a platform. That's it. Um, Hail to the king. You know, kneel before pod. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, this is really cool, though. I love that movie, and so that'll be exciting. Hopefully, they'll throw a bunch of extra features on it. Because uh, if I buy it, it's going to be like the third time I own that movie yes. on, I think, even just Blu-ray. So yes. oh, consumerism has a tight <laughs> tight grasp on my on my life, unfortunately. Absolute horror. Yeah, there you go. There's the absolute horror. <laughs> uh, what hopefully is not an absolute horror is Carl Urban. And the new Ooh. Judge Dredd Mega City One series also Ooh, coming to Netflix. Mm, mm, mm. Coming to Netflix. Uh, we were just talking about fatigue and comic book <laughs> fatigue, but Netflix is like, "Fuck you, we don't care. Everything is going to be a comic book adaptation." Um, but this is pretty cool. So Judge Dredd came out a few years ago, starring Carl Urban. Um, actually, I did briefly meet him at a comic con. Super nice dude. Uh, loves taking pictures with fans. Do you have By a the funny way, accent. Pro, uh, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a pro tip, real quick, for you comic con goers. Usually, um, the celebrities have a thing where like you can either like you pay for an autograph, or you can pay for a photo op, like a like a predetermined time to meet them to take a photo op. 
uh, like in a, like in a specific booth. But a lot of celebrities also allow you to take selfies at their booth, and they're supposed to charge for that. Here's the thing: if you pay for an autograph, a lot of times they'll just let you take a picture. Mm. You can just do it real quick. They they don't tend to care. Like sometimes they do, but most of the time they don't. So. I mean, the cool pose picture with the nice background is nice. I'm not saying don't do it if you don't want to. I'm just saying that you you could maybe save a few bucks and still get a picture. Yeah. Don't sweat it. It's worth a I try. Mean, for the seven people that still have Google Glass, you, you're getting pictures all the time. There you go. Man, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> that was a thing for a while. <laughs> for a hot minute? Now we have Donald Trump. Wow. Wow. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> not like this. <laughs> I'm oh. just saying, people were skeptical about what would happen if Google Glass came to fruition. Now we know. That's corollary? Oh, mm. my God. Maybe. Anyway, Carl Urban's going to be cameoing oh. in this Judge Dredd Mega City 1 series, which is really cool because that's, that's who he is in the movie. Um, but apparently it's not going to focus on Judge Dredd character, but rather like the city itself. Oh. And oh. it could probably be like an anthology series, which I think sounds really, really cool. Um, again, it all depends on who they get creatively to do this, but there's a lot of potential there. And the fact that Carl Urban is like, yeah, dude, I'll totally be doing, I'll be in it. I'll do it, you know, from time <laughs> to time. That's, that lends a lot of credibility to the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm up for it now. Uh, I was very confused because I always confuse Carl Urban and Keith Urban. Yeah. Uh, very different. Or Once- are they? I mean, I mean, you, if you want to start that war, man, one from, one's from New Zealand, one's from Australia, so yeah. it's on you. Oh, no. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I've seen that happen. No. I want no piece of that. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be really cool. Uh, okay, real quick. I guess this is a let's, – let's just – I don't know if this actually fits, but – That's what – all right, all right. <laughs> you like that? You like, you like Rudy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a trip down to our favorite little cozy corner in this comic book universe. And that, of course, is the casting corner. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Real quick, just small thing. You upholstered. Oh. Yeah. New, new, uh, they, got the, they put that new memory foam in there. It's good. It's real real cozy. You remember me. Yeah. Um, 20, 23 and Me. There's another ad uh, we, could, we could shoot for at some point. 23 and Me <laughs> people are the... Yeah, chromosomes or whatever. Anyway, now they expect it. Now they now they expect it. Uh, David Arbor from Stranger Things. Uh, first picture was released. Again, this will be on the thread for this podcast on Facebook. Uh, but we get to see him as Hellboy in the flesh, and and I really mean that because it's a <laughs> lot of practical effect. The way they they do his costume. It's not CGI. It, it is very practical, and it looks damn awesome. Well, he's fucking huge, yeah. It looks huge. Looks good. Looks straight up Hellboy. Doesn't look that different from the Ron Perlman Hellboy. Hmm. And that's fine, because you know what? There was nothing wrong with the Ron Perlman Hellboy either. Like, that looked great, too. So they essentially were just like, no, nah, that looks good. Let's keep doing that. <laughs> and, and great, because I think it looks good. Um... What do you? What are your thoughts on first image? Um, it's more like Hell Man. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. It's the same. Yeah, it looks good. It looks cool. Yeah. Again, we'll throw a picture on there. You guys, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. 
Alrighty, so turns out this is the and this is the last bit of news for this week. Oh, Colin Trevorrow is an asshole. Did you know that? <laughs> I had my suspicions. We all did. We all did. Um, apparently, Colin Trevorrow, uh, director of Jurassic World, uh, ungodly popular film, made a lot of money. Yeah. For some reason, uh, we're not that big of fans here. Uh, it's not the worst thing, but I, I don't get it. Anyway, Colin Trevorrow was originally slated to direct Star Wars Episode Nine. Pretty big gig. Pretty, pretty big gig. I don't blame them, honestly, because you know what? If he managed to take a nostalgia property like Jurassic Park and make a new film and make it one of the highest grossing films of all time, I mean, that's you're just say Star Wars and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get why they went after him, but apparently he's just a huge dickhole. <laughs> so much so that they're just like, nope, nope, we're done with you, man. Like, that's it. We're done. Here's the crazy thing, though. A lot of people aren't drawing that much attention to this, I feel. And I, and I get it, because Star Wars is a giant machine, and it's virtually unstoppable. It's the San Antonio Spurs. Or I guess the Golden Ooh. State Warriors is probably what I should say. It's the Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors of movie franchises. You just can't stop it. Um, but first you had Josh Trank attached to a Star Wars film to direct. Then they booted him. You had um, the guys, of uh, Lloyd and Miller from Lego Movie, doing the Han Solo film. They got booted too. Now you got Colin Trevorrow. Booted. Ooh, three outs. That's an inning. I mean, this happens in Hollywood a lot. I'm not trying to overstate this. Directors change and drop out of projects all of the time. Not the good ones. That's true. Usually not the good (laughs) ones. You you do what you can to keep them on. But that's pretty bad. I mean, I don't know. What does that say to you? Does that say to you that that the Star Wars lens is too constricting? Or hmm. is it that they very much know what they're looking for, and when a director doesn't gel with that, they're like, okay, we're not going to waste our time. Yeah, I think this is what I've been waiting for. The mouse is in the house, and it, it's playtime. I mean, they, they got the – they're not stupid. Disney knows exactly what they have in their hands. Um, they're, they're building more and more Star Wars stuff every year. It looks like a Disneyland. So this is their property going forward. Um, they need – Reassurance—they need like a, a solid, uh, solid footing to make sure that Star Wars is good, and I'm all for that. Definitely need Star Wars to be good. If DC is going to keep fucking around and making a trash dumpster fire of the the things that people that love DC love, then yeah, we need Star Wars to be good at least. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, shots fired, by the way, at DC. That, that was totally intentional. <laughs> you guys need to get your we've shit been, together. We've been nice to them the for bag. a little bit. But. I mean, Wonder Woman's great. Don't get me wrong. Again, Wonder Woman, fantastic. Keep keep doing that. Do that. Do just do Justice League. Uh, oh, yeah, also another news. I don't, Did we cover this last time? I feel like we didn't. Joss Whedon's an asshole. Like, I mean. <laughs> oh, just, we definitely didn't cover this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could say that. That's not even on the show notes. But apparently, he's not a good dude. Uh, uh, at least not to other women. At least not to his wife. Yeesh. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, 
man. Ooh. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's play a little game here. Yeah, let's do it. Da, 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 Who would you rather be married to? Joss Whedon or mm-hmm. Colin Trevorrow? Oh. <laughs> Why are you throwing Aronofsky in there for a good measure? Oh, um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, also, let's side note one more time real quick. Uh-huh. Did you hear that Jennifer Lawrence is dating Darren Aronofsky right now? Yeah, I heard this. Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Which, okay, I'm not, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to get myself in so much trouble. Go for it, man. Nope, 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 nope. All right, no, a- answer the Hot question. Takes. Answer the question. Oh. Answer the question. Joss Whedon. Just the man-made Firefly. The man okay. created Buffy. So you would, okay, that's fair. That's the thing, and we run into this problem all the time. Like, I call it the Woody Allen factor, right? Yeah. It's, it's when you have these these creators, these artists, these auteurs, male or female, doesn't matter. They create these wonderful things or these things that you love uh, and or of great artistic merit, but then the person that did it is a giant trash heap of a human being. <laughs> and it's hard it's hard what do you do there like do do you can you separate the two can you still admire and acknowledge the art or hmm. is the person who created it part of it and so does it diminish it in some way not really trying to look for an answer here i'm just kind of posing the question out there right it's 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 a it problem all the time too like <sighs> comedians musicians especially uh name that yeah, name it writers oh my god yeah, authors, even, even, even comic book writers yeah um, yeah, basketball players. God, have I ever told you my Rod Strickland story? <laughs> uh, no, Not to because... completely derail the podcast. No, go ahead. <laughs> I think he came back. We were at the San Antonio airport. Uh, he's on the Spurs. I wanted an autograph, and he was like walking through the parking lot. He was like, nah, man, get away, or something like that. And <laughs> to be fair, they just lost the Western Conference finals or something like that. And so I can understand it. But I Wait, was, was, it the, what, was it the game where he, he, fuck, he threw – we should have won the game, but he threw the ball out of bounds and then we lost? See, I didn't know that. I was a kid. So Dude, I that was – he's literally – that dogged him for like 10 years. <laughs> so fucking he, good. <laughs> fuck you. No wonder, no, wonder, no wonder he didn't catch these hands. He didn't catch that ball. Like he nah. threw the ball. <laughs> No one was there to catch the ball or the hands. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. that game. Jeez. No, it, yeah, uh, I'm more than happy to invoke death of author uh, in, in all the, the narratives that I like. So that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then that's fine and that's fair. But it's just it's something that you have to consider. And I think yeah. even as comic fans or maybe especially as comic fans, uh, be careful. Because if you dig too deep into some of the artists and writers of the things that you love, Oh, you might not be too happy with what you find. I'll just leave it at that. Reality. Um, it's a bummer. Reality. It's a bummer. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, so sorry. I buried the second part of this this news story, which is. Oh shit! <laughs> they got they got JJ. We're 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 playing it fast and loose this week, everyone. JJ uh, Abrams is come back and he's going to direct uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. Apparently, from what I understand, they offered it to Ryan Johnson first. Mm-hmm. But he's like, nah, man. I already did eight. Like, I'm fine. I don't. Yeah, he probably you know. had something already scheduled on. You know, yeah, since pr- three years ago. Probably, probably. Um, but JJ Abrams is gonna come back, and here's here. This will be the thing we end on. Um, I told you out the air. I'm sticking by this, and I don't mean mm. it as a bad thing. So before mm. you guys and gals jump down my throat, just let me finish, okay? Oh, do you hear that sizzle? Do you feel it <laughs> coming from the ground beneath you? It's a hot take. Hot take. Hot take. 
J.J. Abrams is the anti-Christopher Nolan. And what I mean by that is Christopher Nolan is known for being a very intriguing, dynamic director, and, and he brings a lot of original properties to the screen. Usually the story is very personal in some way to him, and how he presents that film is usually pretty unique. Sometimes people would argue even too unique to the point where it's gimmicky, um, which is a fair argument if you want to make it. But J.J. Abrams does almost the exact opposite. He takes established franchises, universes, and characters, and he finds ways to tweak them so that they feel new but still familiar and are very digestible and very enjoyable. See Star Trek, the first Star Trek movie of the reboot. See The Force Awakens, right? Mm. As examples. Um, he's really good at taking other directors' sort of cues and styles a la Spielberg and Super 8. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you could argue that he doesn't necessarily have, at least to this point, a very personalized, dynamic aesthetic unto himself. Which is fine. Other than the lens flare, right? The J.J. Abrams <laughs> lens flare. I'm about to say. <laughs> um, so I actually think that this is not a bad, this is not a bad move. It's a safe move by Disney. He already kind of knocked it out of the park with Force Awakens. Whether you think, I know a lot of people's personal opinions can differ on that film, but it 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 grossed gangbusters, and it was able to do something that was very difficult, which was bridge an old generation and a new generation into the same universe, uh, and 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 bring that viewership back. So, uh, what do you what are your thoughts on J.J. Abrams now helming the seventh and ninth film? in the Star Wars yeah. universe. Um, no, I, I think it's, I, I guess, I think it's a good move as well. Um, he, knows how, he knows how to make it happen. Um, it's really interesting because, uh, no, no, George directed all three prequels. So I was about to say, like, you know, he's going to have, like, a lot of clout now in the Star Wars world. Um, I, he's been producing a lot, and he's had a lot of successful ventures producing. Um, Leftovers on HBO was great. Uh, so... I don't know if they kind of let him have the, his crack of the story. They, I mean, if they let him, if they give him enough leeway, and let him make a story that really, really seals this saga up well, then I think it might be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like, I, I feel like maybe the ceiling isn't as high as it could be with other directors, uh, Christopher Nolan, for instance. Right. But I think the floor isn't very low here either. That's true. You know what I mean? It has a yeah, yeah. it has a high floor. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. I we'll see. I I, I think you'll be fine. I think some people will be upset, mostly the yeah. people that didn't like uh, Force Awakens. <laughs> well, I mean, the uh, I think the perfect world alternative is you get a uh, directing crew uh, consisting of like the Avengers, like Christopher Nolan directing, uh, Fincher as DP. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, just if you could, in a perfect world, that'd be amazing. Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor doing Yay! score. Just George oh Williams, George Williams, and and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross somehow <laughs> forming Voltron and creating the greatest <laughs> musical score in the history of film. <laughs> or John Williams, not George Williams. I'm so sorry. I was, John rock. I was gonna. Maybe that's his son. Um. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, but honestly, you know, I would love to see, and I know, I mean, obviously it's not going to happen now, but maybe maybe with one of these kind of uh, one-off Star Wars films, I'd love mm-hmm. to see a Christopher Nolan Star Wars film. Oh. I'd love to oh, see no. an Edgar Wright oh Star my God. Wars film. Please. Oh, it's just the droids? Yeah, just aliens or droids or whatever. Like, oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> the Old be... Republic. The Old Republic directed by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Knights of the Old Republic, even. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that that covers us for this week. And any anything uh, you have le- left to say? Is there one other director that you wish you could throw a star whistle at? Uh, let's give a bone to. <laughs> no, we just we just lit him up. I can't say Joss. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I can do it. God damn it! All right, Chris, the creator, throw him out. Let him roll. <laughs> Let him roll, guys. Let him roll. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for staying with us this week. Um, we're going to be back on a normal schedule from here on out. Uh, back on a ho- bullshit. Hopefully have, going to have some nice guests coming up. Uh, be sure to catch us on Facebook again at forward slash Neil Before Pod. Hit us up on Twitter at CB Characters, uh, uh, CB Characters at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up on email, Hit us up on the Facebook page, comment, and we, we like to respond there as well. We throw some polls up there. We throw uh, some hands. Throw some hands if you want hands. <laughs> for high fives, of course, not for violence. <laughs> and, um, you know, also we throw a lot of the topics that we're going to be talking about on the next pod as they appear in the news. We throw them up on the page. So it's a really good news source where we bring in a lot of different um, geek sources into uh, onto the podcast page. So be sure to check it out there. Uh, Geek and Nerds Unite. Uh, Until then, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Happy Square Timber.